Welcome to the Hypnotic Healers Podcast, your home for insights and insider knowledge about hypnotic change work. With your hosts, control practitioners and hypnotists, Nicole Mazzucato and Anthony Gitch. Hello, hello, and welcome back to this episode of Hypnotic Healers. Um, I'm Nicole Mazzucato, and I'm here with my awesome co-host, as always, Anthony Gitch. And just before we start the show, our usual disclaimer, neither Anthony nor I, nor our awesome guests today are licensed medical professionals um, or doctors or psychiatrists. So please do not make any changes to any medication or treatment that you are currently under based on the conversation that you hear here today. Take what you like, leave the rest and make sure you leave an awesome review and share us with your friends. Um, hey, Anthony. Hello. That was quite a mouthful there, Nicole. Good for I you. I feel you like I'm getting really good breath. at it. <laughs> Anyway, good morning, everybody, or good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are at listening to from. Um, I am, of course, Anthony, and I am super happy to have on today Mr. Christopher Holman. I met Christopher in 2018 at HypnoThoughts Live in a class that I was taking, a certification course I was taking with Mike Mendel called Mindscaping. And Christopher and I sat next to each other. We started talking. I think the guy is is amazing. Um, we had great conversations and I hadn't seen him in the last couple of years at these events. And I started to dig into why, because there's a lot of reasons of why. And, and one of it is that Christopher is one of the few black hypnotists that I know. And, and this year, it particularly struck me that we needed to have an, a conversation with him um, because there was some stuff being thrown around online about HypnoThoughts being a good old boys network and there not being enough black people included and, and, and a lot of rile about it online. And I, and I was kind of offended by that myself as, a, as an openly gay guy. I'm like, I don't see a lot of that happening. Um, and, and I started wondering, why is it that we don't have a lot of black people in the industry and i and i remembered my connection with christopher and so we invited him on the show and and so everybody mr christopher holman hey uh good morning uh, good afternoon good evening i'm really pleased to be here uh i i really appreciate you inviting me on it's, it's been a long time you're right and, and it's really great to see you anthony and uh to meet nicole so hey thank you Welcome. Well, it's really great here. to have you here. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So I, you know, when I reached out, I was real honest with you. And, and I was like, dude, where the hell have you been? Why haven't I seen you around? And why don't you, if you don't mind, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about how you got into hypnosis, how you got to where even you and I ran into each other at HypnoThoughts, mm -hmm. and then what you've been doing since? Perfect, perfect. Well, uh, like you said, my, my name is Christopher Holman. Um, I've been doing hypnosis since about 2016, 17. Um, I got into hypnosis on a humbug. Uh, I'm, a, I'm an Air Force veteran, and uh, I, 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 I'm a lifelong learner. Uh, I mean, I have a, a bachelor's in, in management. I have a master's in business administration, master's in public administration, a master's in urban wow. planning. And wow. so I'm I, I, I stay in school, but part of the thing was I, I was in school uh, using my GI Bill. So it basically was like my part-time job. So <laughs> I pretty much got burnt out of reading books and I still had some GI Bill money left. And I remember when I was going through our TAPS class, TAPS is like uh, when you're getting ready to leave the military, they hand you this book of all the benefits you can get. And I just remember thinking, I'm going to get every benefit in this book for every person 
that could never do it, who mentally, emotionally, or physically weren't in a position to do it. I'm going to do it for everyone that couldn't do it. So when I had that 12 to 14 months left, I said, hey, what can I do that would, you know, that, that I could get this money, but not have to read a book? And I ended up stumbling on this hypnosis college out in Los Angeles called uh, Hypno, what was it? Hypno, hypnosis Motivational Institute, HMI. Okay. So I, I signed up for them. I went there just on a humbug, just to go. I had never been hypnotized. I just was like, yeah, I'm just going to go, you know, not read any books, just sit there, just veg out and get my money. And it was so fascinating, oh so interesting. And it's something that really resonated with me. And I found that I was really good at it. And uh, because I just had a different perspective because I could see through the stuff they were talking about into the core and key competencies on how to do this. So I didn't have to take what they were saying. I, I just got it. So um, going there and that's like a year long program. Um, you know, it's a cool school, but you know, they charge a lot of money. And uh, when I, I decided to go to Hypno Thoughts just on a humbug because I heard about it and I just felt like they weren't teaching the way that really resonated with me. They, they were just, they still were like using technique, not techniques, but uh, paradigms from like the seventies, you know, because it's based off of this, this uh, one of the pioneers in modern hypnosis, this guy named George Kappas. Yeah. Um, and and he's, he's the man, he is the man, but you know, it's like, a lot of stuff has progressed. So I went to HypnoThoughts and I was really blown away with here people teaching how to hypnotize people. You pay your little $400, bam. And if you if you catch it, you catch it. And you, you didn't need to go to school for a whole year. You didn't need to be inundated with all of this stuff. And I just felt how the school was kind of not on board with people going there. They didn't like that. So it was something that really, it started, it opened my eyes to a, it's, this thing is way simpler and well, simple is not a, 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 a proper word. They made it a lot more complex to make it more mm. proprietary than it needed to be. It is and, simple. It is simple, simple, yeah. simple, simple, simple. <laughs> Right. It, it made, but you know what? You're really right. And the more I've done it, the more people I've worked with, the more I really understand how to actuate, you know, trans, how to uh, speak hypnotically and how to work with people and get them to where they want to be quite simply, if you understand the principles. So that's how I kind of got into it. I went there. I met great people like yourself. I met great, all the other great speakers. And I realized there's a world of techniques. There's a world of ideas. There's a world of, of uh, 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 processes and procedures for this game. And I said, I don't, I don't need this place. And I, I just started working on my own and started developing how I'm going to do it. And I realized when I was there, like you said, there really wasn't a lot of black hypnotists there. I mean, there there were, uh, you know, there were yeah, brothers think, and sisters that was there. Yeah, it's what do you what do you attribute that to, Christopher? The yeah. the lack well, of black people in this industry. I would definitely say that there's a stigma uh, in our community against uh, hypnosis because of the idea and the paradigm that somebody's taking control of your mind. And, you know, you're, you're talking to a people that historically have been, have been controlled and have no control. So the one thing you 
you feel like you have control, you definitely don't want to give it over. And people in our community are afraid, as you see with the COVID and all this, we're we're really apprehensive about medicine and and psychotherapy and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes, I mean, you're I mean, right. you know, look at what happened. What was it in the late 60s in the South? The, the U.S. Mm-hmm. government was was testing specifically on black males um, mm-hmm. these vaccines and these drugs. And I mean, literally poisoning them um, mm-hmm. and then sending them on their way. Yeah, there's a great amount of distrust. And I completely understand. And, you know, until you just said that, I thought, well, gosh, why wouldn't what's wrong with, you know, I am the exact representation of what it would be. DNA kind of into the body set as this is somebody not to trust. Mm. I mean, when you think about it from a hereditary standpoint or anything like that, when we think about the biology of belief, mm. what that must just genetically say, like anybody else, yeah, I mean, that makes sense to me. I had never thought right. about it that way. So what about right, somebody Nicole. somebody like yourself within your community? Is there, is there I mean... Do you find that people are more likely to trust you or there's there's still sort of hypnosis note like let's not go there? Yes and no. Uh, I think that because as you both know, being hypnotists, you know, the biggest thing for hypnosis and not only hypnosis, but psychotherapy across the board is rapport. And Mm -hmm. I feel it's easier for me to get a rapport. And to, and to develop that rapport and to lather that rapport. But the thing is, when someone has, a, when there's a stigma against something and their fear, you know, uh, uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, they see our people and they're strong and they, they come off very aggressive and all sometimes and, you know, like, like they got it all. But, you know, there's a lot of fear in this community and rightfully so. And it's the fear of what they think hypnosis is because you got to remember, a lot of people, their first uh, introduction to hypnosis is stage hypnosis right. and, yeah. and performance hypnosis. Or a movie hypnosis. like Get Out, right? Yeah. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> right. And, and, so that, that's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, Get Out did nothing for the community of hypnosis as far as, you know, creating rapport with the black community. Um, right. You know, granted, it was a silly horror movie that was actually darn pretty darn good. And I'm like, I went mm-hmm. to it with my parents. I'm like, that shit ain't real. But man, um, if right. only because uh, wouldn't I go to the bank and tap, tap, tap on my spoon all the time? Um, give me the money. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be doing it all the time, all the time if it, if it was that simple. Yeah, you know? no shit, huh? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so tell me how. Tell me what the community does to create change in that regard. Tell me how the hypnosis community, because I'll tell you what, I reached out to a gal, the woman, there was a woman, like I said, on Hypno Thoughts that sort of thrown a bunch of big thing about Hypno Thoughts being uh, a bunch of good old boys and, and this and that. And, and I tried to open a line of dialogue with her. And I'm like, what is it that, because all I saw was her complaining. And I'm like, okay, well, as the people that we are in this profession, we should be looking for the solutions, right? Instead of just throwing down the complaints. And I thought, and no one was willing to open up a line of dialogue. They were all tiptoeing around. And I'm just like, hey, let's talk. And, and she was like, okay, well, I'm too pissed off and drunk to talk about it right now. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. We'll schedule some time. 
So we did. Well, in between that time, I went to her Facebook page because that's where it was all being done. And I started to look so I could see where can I create some commonalities here? Well, I found out she was from Seattle and I'm like, great. Well, that's a commonality. I knew the neighborhood she grew up in because I used to live in that neighborhood. Um, and so there was some things that I thought would open up dialogue. And then I came across all of these posts where I hate white people, white people. And I was like, okay, well now I don't know what kind of dialogue I can have because if this is, if I had something like that posted on my Facebook page that I hated a whole group of people and I'm trying to help people, I'm like, how do I create dialogue with that now? And so it kind of shut it down for me. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I'm like, how do we create a sense of community within the community? Right? How do we open our doors up and how do we pull more people in? How do we get folks like you presenting at HypnoThoughts, you know, presenting at the, at the ICBCH Winter Conference and, and these different sorts of things? How do we get you more included? What do we need to do as a community? I, I, I'm not going to really, I have a different, I'm very solution based and I have a different take on things. You know, uh, if, if you want something, you take it. If you want something, you go towards it. Um, just talking and complaining about what's going on. I would have asked her, did you put in a package to present at HypnoThoughts? And I bet you the answer would be no. See, so it's like a lot of times people have this, this preconceived notion that if they try, they will fail or it's going to be turned down. But you got to try first. And I, and I really, I really believe that that's the pro that's one of the challenges in our community there's a lot of preset thought constructs that while they are valid you can overcome they are valid in certain ways you can overcome these through personal power personal through integrity through you know believing in yourself and through action um you know all of the 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 gains that we have made just specifically black people have made was through action in the face of adversity the civil rights act of 1865 the civil rights which was a and then the civil rights act of 1965 which was basically a rehash of the one that they never really put into action right from from that all mar so-called marginalized and minority groups benefited so by action through adversity not complaining about it do something about it if you feel like i'm being shut out of hypno thoughts then you know what first did you put a package in so and that's another thing i feel like people need to stop you, know, you can't complain just just blanket complain because i'm talking to you and you're great i'm talking to nicole you guys are great you invited me on the show so how can i say uh i hate all white people well Okay, you might hate all white people, but is it effective? Is that effective for your practice? Is that effective for the 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 the, the profession as a whole? Is that going to bring people to the profession? Is that going to make you money? Is that going to build rapport? The answer is no. So hmm. I just think that people aren't really thinking because this is while this is a, a modality to bring relief and to bring help to people, it also is a business. And do you think, uh, uh, you know, Walmart or Target or any of these businesses that, that they would ever frame their lips to say, hey, we hate black people on, on a social media platform? Do you think that's effective mm -hmm. for their business? No, it's not effective. So I just think that 
um, even if you have these beliefs and, and you feel this way first, this is why we all need our own uh, therapists, counselors, hypnotists to start working through. This is where self-awareness, because mm -hmm. I can't be a clean vessel to work with you because when, when, when I take you into trance, I'm there with you, almost like a guide. I see yeah. what you see. I, I'm picturing it. I'm there. That, your session is my session. So I got to be clean, too. So if you have all these secret thoughts and these uh, un... Well, it's not a positive intent. The intention yeah, that's, can't that's be right. there. That's mm -hmm. right. I, I agree with you. You have to. It's time for you to peel back the layers on your personal onion and get to that that inner mm -hmm. child and do so. Do a little work so that you can be a clean vessel, not just somebody who's trying to. Because people do it for different reasons. Some people right. try and show out. Some people want to use hypnosis for power. Some people want to use it to feel like they know something you don't know. Some people mm -hmm. want to be spiritual and artsy. Some people just want to make money. Uh, mm -hmm. So what's your purpose? What's your intention? And I think people need to uh, really think about that. And I believe that our people, Black people, really need to do some introspection and some self-work uh, across the board. You know, before we want to work with others, we need to work with ourselves. Right. Right on. And well, so you are on. Go ahead, Nicole. I was going to say, so, so you kind of, it's really interesting to hear you talk because you obviously you said that you kind of just accidentally stumbled across hypnosis. Mm -hmm. So, and, and obviously, and like you say, there's a lot of stigma attached to it. So what was your kind of initial impression? Like when, I know you said that you really loved it, but with all of that stigma in mind, did you have any kind of um, preconceptions or ideas and, and did, did that get broken down or did you just kind of go in with a clean slate? Well, I went, I didn't go in with a clean slate because I'm black too. So we have the same, <laughs> you know, stigmas, but I never thought I always, I, I have very high self-esteem. So I never thought like if I'm, if somebody can get me to bark like a dog or quack like a chicken, I'm like, that's great. Let's see it. I want to see it. But I didn't come in with a healthy skepticism. I just came in like, Hey, I want to learn this. And what, what got me, what really got me was that uh, I used to never wear my my seatbelt ever, ever, ever. I and I never understood the power of suggestion and how suggestible we are to ourselves. And I remember when they passed the law when I was a kid that you had to wear seatbelts. I, I remember thinking, I'm never going to wear my seatbelt. The government can't tell me what to do. I don't even know why I thought that. But <laughs> the old mask mandate. That's, that was the old, yeah. that was the mask mandate from right. the 70s and 80s. Yep. That's right. To, to hell with those guys who are trying to save our lives. But, um, <laughs> That's right. Those bastards. Yeah, That's those my right. <laughs> if I want to fly but, out of my windshield, I will, you motherfuckers. That, <laughs> that's right. I agree with you. So I never would wear my seatbelt. I would literally drive an hour with the thing blaring and my mind would just cancel it out. So, oh my uh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just, it was a suggestion. I was, it was a hypnotic suggestion that I took. So I, I had a session with, with, a, with, a, with a great hypnotist, my guy Hayden Gold. And um, I said, I just want to be, I want to wear my seatbelt. Like if you can get me to wear my seatbelt and drink water, I'll believe it. And we had one session one session and from that point on i've always put on my seatbelt. if i get in the car i don't put it on it's like an itch that has to be scratched like ah, i gotta do it <laughs> and that's what made me believe like okay there's something to this right on. to know and and if if and that's something powerful because 
I was so against it and it was something so ingrained and it's something that that can save my life. So what other things could it do? What else? Where are the boundaries of hypnosis? That's what I wanted to know. Yeah. Right on. That's a cool experience yeah. to have. Um, and when, when and how far have you, it. how far have you tested those boundaries? Like what's been your experience in terms of testing the boundaries there? I'll tell you a great, something great. That was really cool and very, a little scary. And it let me know how deep this could go. I was working with a, this is a woman, she was about 68 years old and she had a very terrible uh, childhood. Her, she was hated by her mother and she was uh, reviled by her brothers and sisters. And she basically played in the family system, the scapegoat. She was the scapegoat. So she was telling me her stories. So what I did was I, I did some timeline regression. I put her in trance and I mean, not timeline, regret, uh, timeline therapy. Uh, we went through her timeline. We went back to a specific event that really was traumatizing for her. Uh, and what it was, was her mother, um, her mother would call her, everybody would call her Blackie, an ink spot. And she's not even that dark. It's so crazy. But they would call her Blackie and ink spot. And one day she was doing her hair and her mother just went in there and poured water on her hair. And she just got her hair done and then told her, you are Blackie, you are ink spot. And that really like stuck with her. We're talking about in the 50s and stuff. Um, so I took her back to that scene and I let her know, you know, something's going to happen that that is going to be uh was tr potentially traumatic to you but there's a lesson there's a blessing and there's an understanding in it and you're going to as you go through this you're going to uh get that you're going to receive that lesson that blessing and understanding and you're going to go back and you're going to impart it to uh your past self and you're going to give them that and we're going to take you back through that experience but this time with the lesson blessing and the understanding and she did right and then of course i took that and i like a bowling ball, I would roll it, roll it down her timeline. And as we hit the present, it would turn into flower, you know, all these great imagery and stuff like that. And I told her, I said, and in a moment, not now, but in a moment, I'm going to touch your forehead. And when I touch your forehead, you're going to release all of the charge and all of the energy that from this particular experience and the lesson, blessing and understanding is going to just flow through your body like electricity and it's going to stick and, and it's and and you're going to be new and I touched her forehead boom and my entire arm locked up wow my entire arm was stuck and uh I couldn't move my hand my arm my finger for like three hours wow Whoa. and she said she felt like a brand new person and that's when I said okay this is a much more powerful than what I, you know, I'm playing with this. I'm just doing stuff. I'm watching videos. I'm learning stuff. I'm doing it. And here it is like to have this effect where it almost like tennis elbow, my whole arm was locked up. I said, I got to be careful with this. And it made me start taking it a lot more serious, learning more, understanding energy work, how this works. Mm -hmm. And it really got me into, you know, trying to understand psychology and, uh, understanding trauma because mm -hmm. that's that's a big deal especially with uh, black people we we have through epigenetics if yeah. you don't understand yeah. epigenetics that, that how the how the dna and, and we're changed through 
Well, that's what I mean, that internal, that, that fear that has got to be there. And that's why I'm thinking that the, because the few black people I've worked with, I had never thought about it that way here. They're giving me essentially their control, but just because of who I am, I've never thought about it in that perspective because I lived, Mm. you know, I mean, I lived in Seattle central district in the late eighties and Mm nineties, and I was the only white kid within probably six blocks of where I lived. Um, Mm -hmm. I was jumped multiple times. um, And it was it was not a very friendly neighborhood. But I'll tell you what, it gave me the lesson that I got to take from that I didn't get to learn until two years ago with um, all the disruption in this country, because Mm -hmm. I never understood. um, I have been able to explain white privilege in a way that most of my peers and counterparts cannot explain it because I was a happy little gay white 18, 19 year old boy who moved right into the middle of gangville and, and planted my happy ass there without a freaking thought about it. Right. Mm -hmm. And selling marijuana at the time. Right. that's how I was making, that's how I cut myself. I was selling marijuana. The guys next to me, they were telling the same shit while they were selling stuff a little bit more potent, but um, never once was I ever once, once was I ever questioned by the police when they would pull over and we were all sitting on the same freaking bench. But the yeah, guy sitting yeah. right next to me, they were all, and I had never thought about it then because then I was in a complete, I was in the forest. Now that I'm out of the forest and I'm looking down, I was like, holy shit, I was never even bothered. And it was usually the shit that they were smelling from me they were carrying crack or coke i always had the weed and it was the smell of the weed that always got you know stopped that got things stopped and it's like i never got in trouble and so i got to i've been able to help my family understand white privilege in a way and my friends and my cohorts that you know it exists in a ways that you guys don't even understand because i don't know any black guy that would just carry his happy ass into any fucking white neighborhood he wants to implant it and just be okay um I agree. I, I think I think what it is where it, and I'm only speaking for myself and, and from my experiences. And so I can't speak for the entire culture. But I think that, you know, uh, uh, black people are very uh, understanding and very they just want peace. Yeah. But the thing is, it's very difficult to especially for something like these topics like white supremacy, white uh, privilege, so on and so forth. We know that these things exist and it's, and no one's saying, no one's saying, give it up. No one's saying you shouldn't, you're going to have it because it's, it's a paradigm. So you can't stop it. But all we want all that people want, I believe is just to acknowledge the respect that you acknowledge that, yeah, this, this could be, this is a challenge that you're going to face. This is something that that's out there. That's it. But when you have people saying, no, it doesn't exist. No. Um, well, uh, they don't see it. Exist. Yeah. Until I sat down and had a conversation and said, dude, do you remember where I used to live and how things used to play out there? I'm like, this is what they're talking about. This but yeah, innate- it's, 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 it's hard, isn't it? Because I mean, Vinicius, my husband is, is black. And when we're in Spain, I mean, a lot of people, I've asked him a number of times, have you noticed you know, have you noticed a different? He's like, yeah, I notice it. I notice the looks. I notice that, you know, kind of, I notice it. And I, and I didn't, you know, which is completely ignorant of me to not, to not notice people looking 
looking at him or looking at us in a different way. And I've had other experiences in the past. Um, I had a, an Ethiopian, a black boyfriend in Israel. I remember that when I was 18, specifically people looking at us in a really kind of weird way. But I mean, with my husband, I didn't notice it. And I felt like, wow, that's really ignorant of me to not have that awareness. Well, yeah. And as a gay guy, that's why I thought it was ignorant of me not to have that because, and that's why I think I didn't look at it as white privilege necessarily is because I was a gay guy in a black neighborhood and I wasn't looking at my whiteness. I was like, they're beating the hell out of me because I'm gay. Right. And so I was experiencing my own ideas of my own prejudices being placed upon me. And so I wasn't, then it wasn't until I was an adult that I'm going, oh, wait, wait a minute, my friend. <laughs> well, well, technically they could have been beating the hell out of you for all of the reasons because right. you're white, because you're gay, <laughs> uh, because they're mad. Why? Because yeah, I was because in their neighborhood. And because you're there, just because. I mean, so I, I, I just feel like uh, it's, it's having a, a healthy respect for, just like when we, having a healthy respect for the client, having a healthy respect for each other and mm -hmm. empathy, meaning to be able to come out of yourself to, tr to try and feel, to attempt to feel what this person is feeling. You don't have to agree, but you have to, you, I feel like people do need to acknowledge like, yeah, they, they feel some kind of way about that. And people normally don't have all this pent up energy for no reason. So, mm -hmm. it, yeah. it, and I think that goes back into why uh, it's difficult for our community, the black community to embrace hypnosis because of um, the medical community. And because, and because first thing, people don't even think hypnosis is like, you know, uh, a modality that's, you know, in medical or you what need to come to a control workshop christopher uh, well let, let me know i'm always trying to learn something i i i'll tell you something that i learned that i really liked um because as i was doing my my hypnotherapy i i began to see that there was a lack because people want to talk and i'm just trying to get to let's get to this hypnosis but there was a lack in the talk portion um I so i like control I, I learned this modality called uh, metaphors of movement. And that thing was so cool. So, so, so cool. And I started to realize that's what got me to go to school. Like I'm in school right now and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to get my license so I can just be a licensed therapist and then continue on for my, uh, the hardest part getting that damn license, but uh, it takes on so much time, but so I continue on to get my doctorate, you know, so I can, I can sit there and let the people come to me and then I can pick and sift through the modalities that I feel are the most effective. Mm -hmm. And like, for example, me saying, okay, close your eyes uh, and, and let's do some hypnosis. People are like, I don't know about that, but if I'm a doctor, they're just whatever, it, yeah. it, because it's, it's the power of suggestion, that authority, yeah. that one-upsmanship. So if that's what I need to do to, to change the world and to make more money, let's do it. Dude. Yeah. 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 We're going to introduce you, you think, to control. I'm just going to yeah, say that again. Do you think there's a, there's a resistance generally in the black community to things like psychotherapy and counseling? Definitely. Studies have already shown that there's a resistance to, uh, to therapy. Uh, there's a traditional inherent uh, apprehension towards therapy uh, because there was a lack of uh, black uh, therapists. And studies also show that, that black clientele, uh, they're more comfortable with black therapists and with there being a lack of black therapists and that apprehension you have people who 
are in need of these services that are not going to come get it. But the thing mm -hmm. is, like they said, uh, one of my good friends said, he said, when the tooth hurts enough, you'll go to the dentist. And I right. think with COVID, COVID really kicked open the doors to mental health. Mm -hmm. And the problem that we're going to face as hypnotists is that as the financial situation and the economy uh, and, and, and inflation and all of these things from the different things that they've been doing and, you know, as far as, you know, all these stimuluses, as inflation rises, people won't be able to afford to pay out of pocket. And that's why I'm like, you know what, I got to get to I got to get to a place where I don't have to charge people out of pocket where they have to come with cash because my time is valuable and my time mm -hmm. is worth something. And I shouldn't have to, I don't mind working on a sliding scale, but as we both know, or as we all know, excuse me, the more they pay, the better the results, Yeah, you know? So, and I have friends that charge like $20,000 a session and they get it, mm. you know, they get it. So I'm like, well, I'm not trying to do that, but I do want a situation where I can do this full time and I'm not scratching my head or spending most of my time and energy promoting uh, mm. marketing. And cause that's when you start, uh, 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 your integrity starts coming into play. That's when you hear people saying things, Oh, I can cure that. Oh, I can do that. Cause they just need, they want the client, they want it. Or they may keep, I've seen people keeping, uh, people in, 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 hypno, in hypnotherapy for weeks, months, even years. And I'm like, seriously, if you can't get that done in a month, maybe you don't know how to do it or, maybe what you're doing isn't really working. If somebody has to continue to come to you for an entire year, mm. this is hypnosis. Hypnosis just, from my experience, it can punch to the core and maybe mm. you're out of scope. You know what I mean? And then people yeah. are paying out of pocket. It's, it's real money. You know, well, you know I mean, I've got certain. folks who come and who have been seeing me for a year now, but not for the same issue. Because they like well, to come yeah. and see me for every little, it, it's more, co it, it's turned, oh, let's be real, it's turned more into coaching sessions. Um, mm -hmm. And I don't mind that one single bit. Well, come and see yeah, me I mean, often and, as you like. I'm, and I'm with you. And, and I, it's so we're different. It's just a different paradigm. Because my, my thing is from what I've seen in the power of, of hypnosis and people's subconscious, either it's going to work pretty quick. Oh, well, yeah, that's what I mean. It, it's, you know. If, if it's mm. not, if it's not, if it's the same subject after one thing and one round of control, if they're not done after that, then, then yeah, they need, then there's something, there's a part of the, there's a piece of the puzzle that hasn't been dealt with. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, because everything is an onion. Um, and so, but yeah, I, I would tend to agree with you to a degree that if you're working on the same core issue for a year you're probably not applying something correctly or you're not getting to the root of the issue. You're playing mm -hmm. around with things and you're following distractions that the client is providing you mm. um, and you're, you're, you're following their lead rather than guiding them. Uh, well, that's the value of defining very clearly what is it that we're here to work on. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So good call, Nicole. Thank you, dear. Yeah, I, I agree with you because <laughs> just I, I would say – where the, 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 the school that I came from, and, and I'm not trying to throw no shade at them per se, because I know they don't do that. But when I read their their uh, postings and their, their group, I just hear people just saying all kind of stuff that's not necessarily valid. It's not true. They're just so 
uh, antsy and 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 they have so anxious to get clientele and to get it off the ground and yeah. that they'll say anything, they'll take anybody, they'll make all kind of promises, and they can't put in, they can't hypnotize out of themselves out of a paper bag, you know. Well, you know, and again, the real change comes from the rapport. Can they create the rapport? Because those rapport and 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 once you've created the rapport, can you drop the right insights? Because it's those insights that create the change. Right. Mm -hmm. It's it's that awareness that creates change. Yes, Nicole. Yeah, it's well, rapport basically is that no like and trust factor, isn't it? Yeah. You know, like people yeah. are going to come to you because on some level they know you on some level they like you, they relate to you and they trust you. Um, and that's you know, that's what rapport is made up of, isn't it? You know, no, nobody's going to come and see you if one of those elements is missing. Yeah, right. Because, I mean, you, we all know that that the the basis of hypnosis is the client saying yes. Yep. It's mm -hmm. them saying yes to the session, them saying yes to the trends, them saying yes to the suggestion. And the only way you're going to say yes in a world where people are so afraid of letting people in and they're hiding behind walls is there has to be a level of comfortability. Mm -hmm. And if they're not comfortable, then maybe you have that authority and you, you have that, that thing that they're willing to say, Yes, because people go to the doctor, they don't feel comfortable. They just sit there and say yes. So right. you have to find that whatever it is that's going to allow the client to say yes to the to the to the services. Right. And the mm -hmm. changes that they want. That's right. Right. That's right. How, how can we lead them around that barrier, over the barrier, through the barrier, show them that the barrier doesn't exist? That's um, right. <laughs> the, the only barrier is, in fact, that they have a thought that says that there's a barrier. Um. That's right. That's right. That's right. And and that's so crazy because a lot of people, they've spent their lives running into real walls mm. to have somebody tell them that the thing holding them back is an imaginary wall. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult for people to just reconcile with that. So, yeah. you know, I, I get it. Yeah. I, I just have to say, I, I wanted to mention it before, the lesson, blessing and understanding. I love that. I'm going mean, no, to borrow too. that with your permission. Down. I really love that. Of course, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I wrote I, that down. I'm like, that is awesome. Lessons, blessings and understandings. That's, that's, yeah. that's a great little trio right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like a bouquet that yes. keeps, uh, keeps smelling good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I like that. It's so funny that you mentioned that, Nicole, because I wrote that down. <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking that would be a good title for this episode. I love it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I like that a lot. That's too funny. Nicole and I actually met on a training, and we we find that we we tend to gravitate towards the same little all of a sudden things. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So, but we, anyway, we, we created we created this because we we met on on our initial control training and we had an instant connection and we started and you know we both feel it's really important to support each other and to support mm -hmm. people within our within the hypnosis community. You know, we Great. at the end of the day, most of us are self employed. We're working on our own, and it's hard. You know, it's not easy, especially when you're working in a therapeutic context, right? You need the support of other people around you. And so right. we started having these weekly meetings. We were meeting for like three hours mm -hmm. every week and talking about business, talking about, you know, clients, talking about stuff that was going on with us. And then the podcast came about. And um, it's just amazing to have, you know, these conversations with people like yourself and, and you know, all of the other people that we have interviewed and that we that we will interview and, and create that 
community of support between us. You know, we, we all need that. Um, and, and that's really what we're doing here, you know, putting, putting this message out and, and creating this, this support network. So thank you for, for being a part of it. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. I, I just love just talking with like-minded, like-minded people. I want to know more about this control because evidently if it has the power to bring you guys together and keep you guys together and, and it, it incubated and then it, it kind of like the big bangs is shooting out to the universe. Now I want to know what, what this thing is because uh, you, you seem that I know Anthony's dynamic and if he's rocking with you, then that means you are as well. Um, shoot, man. I, 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 I'm, I'm always down to learn. I'm a lifelong learner. And anything that can make uh, make me a more effective first human being and more value added to everyone and then my family, you know, and then to the people that I come in contact with, I'm, I'm trying to learn it. Right on, right on. Yeah, I like the, I like the, the little, um, I, I like seeding the community with happy, healthy, successful people. Wow. Wow. That's a great vision statement that's that is that's my mission course. statement yeah that's yeah. your mission statement that's that's freaking great it's, it's that's like that's that. what that's what my goal is and whether that's an instructors and just people walking around um because i believe that we should see hypnosis professionals or change work professionals on every corner just like a starbucks because the more that they see the starbucks the more they recognize that they need it and the mm. more the more normal it becomes and now i've got a different idea about the economy and it going down um mm -hmm. and 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 i but i also live in a I've, I've i've also closed one of my offices i was i did have two offices i closed one of them here in west seattle and now i'm closing my one on capitol hill next month i think i'm going to just go for it this is going to be the last year of offices for anthony um and i think i'm going to go 100 percent virtual um, I, I'm looking at a new like camera so it can have all the cinematic stuff and this and that, and I'm going to dedicate some time to that rather than the offices. Um, and so, because I've been working with people from all over the world. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it's interesting if I can pull you on board with that, you're going to, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll take you along for the ride with the control system. Cause I tell you with what you are experiencing with some of the things that you're talking about, that is barriers for the community that you want to work within would control, not remove 99% of those barriers, Nicole, because we're not doing trance technically mm. we are, you know, it's straight to the point. It is our, the, 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 the kiss, you know, everybody thinks that kiss stands for keep it super or keep it uh, simple, simple stupid, stupid. And, right. and of course you know we don't believe that we don't believe that we work with stupid people so we for me that has always stood for keep it super simple um and and so i think that if we can introduce this to you i think that you would be pretty I, i'm going to be excited to talk to you about it anyway I, i'm definitely in, interested because through through my work i realized um trance is beautiful and it really it works but it's not necessary. Right. I mean, Milton Erickson <laughs> didn't need trance at all. He could just talk. And then I think about it in my past, how many times I've been super suggestible to myself, one statement, and it just sticks like yep. something very simple, like, uh, like a, a, a core value, like, oh, you got to struggle to make it. You got to work hard to make it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that, that's, that's like, there's a couple of things rolled into that. You got to struggle to make it. So if you're not, mm -hmm. 
that means you're going to struggle. Right. You're going to yeah. struggle. So yeah. how do we <laughs> reframe that? You know, and just because you struggle doesn't mean you're going to make it either. You know, and that means making it entails struggle. Now, nah, we don't want that. We, we want a, a, an easier and more friend, user friendly pathway because everybody doesn't struggle to make it. Right. Some people mm-hmm. things you know, are very seamless and easy. Isn't it yeah. funny that as you're saying that in my mind, my mind shot back to my high school days um, with a, a group called Depeche Mode, one of their first foreign albums I ever bought. And there was a song on it called Work Hard. And, and, and the whole thing, you've got to work hard, you've got to work hard, you've got to work hard if you want anything at all. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, oh my God, as a teenager, that's what was being driven into my head because I love that song. And I'm like, is that one of the things that made me think, but you know, I do work hard, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't look at it as a negative because I grew up on a right. farm, kind of, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You, you got to work hard um, because if you don't, you don't get your fucking chores done. And so you don't get to go play. Um. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. But I, I like what you were saying, you know, take out the, you've got to struggle and just put in, you know, you're going to make it, you know, work, yeah. you know, you're going right. to make it right. Remove, remove the struggle part from it. Remove that kind of, it has to be this, oh, you know, this kind of, this battle that you need to drag yourself through. Right. Because right. It, doesn't, it, it can be a, go ahead, Chris. No, I was going to say, because this, you know, this is something that really, like, I, I have four children, you know, I have one, a son that's 26, a son that's 21, and matter of fact, he lives up there in Seattle, he's in the Coast Guard in Seattle right there. Oh, right on. Place. Yeah, he's right there, and uh, and he's a word weaver, too, I taught him, uh, and two twin girls that are, they turn 20 next week. How uh, old are you? I, yeah, I'm I was thinking 47. the same. You're almost my age, holy crap, yeah, dude, I thought yeah. you were in your late, like, 30s, man. Nah, I've been I've been around for 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 a second, man. Oh, oh wow! <laughs> but, uh, yeah, thank you, man. But what I was gonna say is, if I could redo, if I could go back and redo with my children, just understanding hypnotic language and how to pump in affirmations and how to lock how suggestible children are and how to lock this stuff in. Mm. I, it's it's really small things that make the biggest differences you know like what you said about you're gonna make it or giving them affirmations in the morning and things of that nature and not speaking in the negative or you know speaking uh uh, active active uh uh, tense and things of that nature because they're it's super hypnotic and you never know what they're grasping onto so i i think it's it's value added for everyone and i'm just so I'm, i'm really happy to have met you guys and, and to, to, to be able to talk to you. I have a question for you, Nicole. Um, yeah. We're going to turn the mic around. Uh, what has <laughs> been, because you, you're traveling and you're moving in these different spaces, different languages, different cultures. What has been your biggest challenge um, as, as far as uh, promulgating, you know, this modality? My my biggest challenge, I think it's it's definitely been self-inflicted in the sense that, I mean, I've lived in three different countries in the past three years. <laughs> um, and one of them, I didn't speak the language. Um, so I, I mean, I, I kind of threw everything. I, I used to be a teacher. I used to be in education. I couldn't do it anymore. And um, I retrained in, in hypnotherapy and hypnosis. And my husband and I were just like, that's it. Let's just throw in the bag and, and find something else, you know, find a different life, create a different life for ourselves. 
And um, a friend of ours offered for us to go and look after their country house in the south of France. And we were like, yeah, you know, kind of I am totally happy and comfortable being surrounded by cows. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we didn't speak any French. So I kind of started this new career and was in the middle of, a, you know, in the middle of the countryside in a place where I didn't speak the language. So I had to, by force, try to build my business online. And I had no, I didn't even have an Instagram account. I never used Facebook. I mean, the account was there, but it was empty. I never used it. Um, I hadn't a LinkedIn account, never used it. So for me, it was really kind of, and this was before the pandemic. So people weren't used to doing anything like this online. And there was still a lot of resistance to why would I want to do something like this on online? You know, kind of, I don't feel comfortable with that. I'd much rather be face to face. Obviously now that's changed and people are much more comfortable um, and working working mm-hmm. online but really for me it was the building my business online it was I mean and I'm still learning you know it's it's an ever it's an every day the rules change right when it comes to social media when it comes to promoting yourself and and everything and now I'm I'm kind of in a space where I'm about to go back into an educational environment back into a school environment to work specifically with 15 to 18 year olds and I'm so excited to have that contact with that age group and really kind of be with them and and be able to get inside what's going on with them on a daily mm-hmm. basis that's beautiful that's 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 really cool and and that's a great perspective because I, I you know the point that you talked about not being a social media maven or what have you that's that's my that's been one of my biggest challenges because in my day job uh I have a very um specific day job and i i work for the federal government and i do some really uh interesting things and i have certain clearances so i'm always careful about what i put on social media and that's been something that's really kind of like short stopped me really going all in Mm. and that's why that's another reason why i was like let me go ahead and get this license up because i can just leave doing this and go transfer to like the va get some real you know and now i can I can do this stuff because what I do for a living, um, I'm with some heavy hitters and I have to be careful about, you know, what Mm. I talk about and things of that nature. So, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it, I mean, because we talked about briefly before we started recording, you said that you live in an area about 50 miles out of LA Mm -hmm. and people where you live are less kind of willing to try out things like yeah. hypnosis and hypnotherapy whereas in LA they're all kind of more yeah yeah a little and, more artsy a little more free free um esoteric and eclectic yeah they're so, so you they're freaks just say it Christopher they're freaks no <laughs> uh, well you know some are some are there's some real square it's some Hollywood people. people they're freaks come on now there, there's, there's some squared away people out there that, that uh you'll you'll be really surprised you know uh You'll be really surprised. It, I, I couldn't I've live learned. there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I yeah, did a year. Yeah, I did yeah. a year. I did a year in West Hollywood, and I was looking through my. I, it was so funny. I found my old diary from back then when I was living in West Hollywood, and all it says was, "I am not happy here. This is not the place for me." Uh, over and <laughs> over again in this diary, it's like I need to leave because I just I was a country boy in the in 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 the middle of the big city after I got out of the military, and I was like, "This is just not the place for me." It was just, it's not, it was too, at that time it was late eighties. Remember? 
so the cocaine was still a big thing and and you know um neon colors i think were still in and 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 big hair and um i just you know pretty boys and i just didn't fit in especially in west hollywood um interesting it was a different time back then yeah yeah and it was uh dangerous uh back then as well very dangerous a lot of gang gang stuff going on a lot of the drugs gangs, i lived violence. in normandy park for a while oh, wow. um, right there yeah um <laughs> okay it was not safe for i've never lived see i've lived in these poor areas mm-hmm. since i got out of the military because i you know i was working at dirt jobs because i you know was maybe a, maybe you're not using your white privilege properly maybe i, I need yeah, to I'm telling you, dude, i i never i didn't understand what it was i never understood that they were looking at me because i was privileged i thought they were looking at me because i thought that i was i always because i'm so tall and skinny because i'm six foot three almost and i'm super skinny um and so and i'd always had people staring at me because i was always a little bit outrageous in the way i dressed and i it was you know it was my parents always said it's because they thought that I looked sneaky and, and, and I always looked like I was guilty of something. And, right. And so, you know, um, walk Talk around with that stigma. Uh, right. Right. <laughs> it's like, well, what I'm are you guilty this. of? I'm like, I didn't you, you steal teach anything. Me control. You teach me control and I'll teach you how to use your white privilege. Okay. That's a deal. <laughs> Chris, Christopher's new niche, everybody, teaching yeah, white yeah. people. Teach, teaching, teaching white people how to embrace their white privilege. Right. And use it. Use use your powers for good. <laughs> oh my God. So, that's so too just funny. going back to that, like the, the area that you're in then. Tell tell us a bit about how, how that's influenced the building yeah. of your business. Well, um, I I was work I, you know, when I first started, I was really working with a lot of people. And um the challenges that they faced were things that I could really knock out quick. So, you know, the things that people were coming to me for, I was killing them off. And like I told you, my thing is, you know, I'm not trying to hold people just to make money. I want to do good and send them back and have word of mouth. But the problem was um, after a while, the the clients just started drying up and I'm about, well, people that the people that will come and then there's, you know, it's a 45 minute drive to LA in traffic. And I had an Mm. office down in LA and it would just get taxing to drive down there and do that. So I tried to really get it going up here. I had an office in my home and that worked well for a while, but I just really did not like the whole trying to get clients. I just did. I just felt Mm. I came in here to do this and not to do that. And it made me start thinking about what can I do? What can I do to make this a something I do every single day? Because I I make good money in my day job, so sometimes that's a curse. Because something you love and you really want to get into, you're not going to let this go to take jump over here. So that's been like a real burden for me because I have a lifestyle and I can't just yeah. drop it. To so mm-hmm. now I'm living in two worlds. So I was like, well, how can I marry this? And that's when I I love school. I was like, let me just go ahead. Let me go ahead and get this license up. What's the easiest one to get? Okay, let me just get this license in marriage, family therapy. Then let me pull on, get get my ID and be done with it. And then I can trans, I can just boom, roll over, pretty much keep the same money and do what I love every single day. So where I stay, it's in the desert. 
uh, near Edwards Air Force Base, a lot of uh, uh, aeronautical, you know, uh, a lot of military, a lot of uh, tech, you know, so a certain type of people that are out here. And it's like, we call it a sleeper community. So um, people are here, but you don't see them. You know what I mean? They they they, right. track, they go to work, they, they, they kind of come back home. So yeah, it's, it, they've got a whole community revolving around the base and what the military is doing. Mm -hmm. And so when you're in that kind of an area, you don't, yeah, it, it is. It's almost like a ghost town because it's not industry that we experience in a city where everybody's mm -hmm. out in these individual businesses. They're always on the base doing the business. Like where you lived in Spain, Nicole, that military base that was by you, right? Yeah. Were, you the Rota, were you near Rota, Spain? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've been there. Yeah, Rota, Spain. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's interesting that you, that, that I hate you, that's in, because I lived near Beale Air Force Base. Um, Got it. For a while, um, where the the SR-71 Blackbird spy plane was being kept way back in, that was back in 83 that I was down there. <laughs> we got to see that airplane and, and um, yeah, it was really cool to go up and, and we were just kids, but we got to get a tour of that whole thing. Um, I bet those sonic bones would knock your drawers off, man. Yeah, yeah. It <laughs> those sonic yeah. bones are scary. Anyway. So now I think that we are about where we want to wrap up. Now, usually we ask people um, where they have found something that they have done in the past that they wouldn't necessarily do again, a lesson that they've learned, that sort of thing. But I think we've kind of got that answered um, in, the, the, a, in a lot lesson, of different areas. Understanding. Yeah. Um, and, and so, you know, I want to, I'm really glad that I, that, that, that I, reached out to you, Christopher. Um, Thank you. I appreciate it. It's good talking to you. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. it's been too long. It's been way too Indeed. long. This is why I, I connected with you to begin with is because we had a great conversation at HypnoThoughts and mm -hmm. uh, we need to continue that. We need to, can, we need to build on that a little bit, I think, um, because I've enjoyed this conversation it. and I would like to see you um, be more involved in the community. Um, because I think you're, I think you're a great asset. Um, and, and so that. however I can help you, I'm going to do what I can, um, Thank to you, support man. that. Cause that. I think that we all need that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so before we do wrap up, Christopher, how can people get in touch with you? How can people find you? How can they come and work with you? Well, uh, of, of course I have a Facebook under my name, uh, Christopher Holman. Uh, I, my email is C Holman. 144 at outlook.com. Um, I, I was working my website because the name of my business is Mindwave Hypnotherapy. Uh, so mindwavehypnotherapy.com. Um, but it, I, I would say this, uh, if there are people in the area that, that want to work together, that, that would like to experience hypnosis, that would like to work on a few things or just want to talk, um, because I feel like it's super important for people to talk because um, it, the basis of, of, of us communicating is talking and building that rapport is gonna come through this, this level of interaction. And I'm here to do that. And that's what I wanna do. And I learned so much from talking to you, from talking to other people, and I'm just a sponge here. So uh, I'm, I'm always an open vessel for that. Um, and definitely if someone wants to reach out, hit me up. I, I work with people all over the country. I've worked with a couple of people around the world, but I don't think that that's that big of a deal uh, with Zoom and stuff like that. Uh, and I've done some really powerful things with people. 
made a couple of mistakes too, but I'm learning. And, and that's my life motto is I'm still learning. I'm there not really there, so, uh, hopefully I, we can all be of service and value to one another. Absolutely. Right on. Absolutely. Right so we, we will make sure that we put all of those contact details in the show notes and um, we will be sharing sharing a post about this on on Instagram and Facebook. I don't know if you're on uh, Instagram, but we will we'll, we'll definitely connect with you there. I'm, I'm on there, but I don't use it because uh, my, my clearances. I, I try and that that that's been a real hit to my business is because I keep it word of mouth because uh, I might be I, able to help you with that, Christopher. I might be okay. able to have have a help you with a workaround with that. Okay, cool. Um, cool as yeah. much as I, as much as I, I, so I got pissed off at Instagram because I can't stand freaking Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg is the biggest, creepiest little slime bag slug on the planet for as far as I'm concerned. But He's a little creepy. Um, yeah. Yeah. A little ah. creepy. Oh my God. How about mega creepy? Look at those eyes. Is there a soul? Is there a soul behind there or is it just blackness? Um, yeah, that's he's interesting. just ultra icky. Um, at any rate, I think I may be able to help you uh, with okay. that. Um, so let's let's definitely keep in touch. And okay. on that note, I'm going to wrap up my end of things. How about you, Nicole? Anything, any last words for you? Just thank you, Christopher. Thank you for having this conversation. And I, I really hope to stay in touch and, and continue the conversation. We will. Any last words for you. you, Christopher? Hey, uh, uh, all, all I'll say is uh, go forth and do good. And that, that's the main thing. Just try, try and do good and, and, and understand that even though people don't necessarily agree, we don't have to disregard their perspective. You know, mm -hmm. we, we, it's, it's super important right now because uh, divisiveness is really big right now. And it's coming from a lot of social media and from places higher up. And natural humanity is something very unnatural going on right now. Just try and do good. And, and the golden rule, treat your, treat your brothers and sisters as you want to be treated. And if we can do that, I think things will mellow out. Very good. Yeah. And I want to make one more statement here. You know, I spoke up about HypnoThoughts and what was going on on the HypnoThoughts webpage. Please, people understand, I am not a representative of HypnoThoughts Live. I just am a member of there, and I'm really proud of the organization on my personal level. So I do not speak for Scott or anybody else involved in the organization. I was just speaking from my own personal experience of what I saw on the webpage. I want to make sure that that's clear. Um, sort of thing. So Christopher, thank you again. And you and I will be talking soon, my friend, and I'm going Indeed. to stop the recording now. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Hypnotic Healers podcast. Don't forget to leave us a review and follow us on Facebook. You can also join our mailing list at hypnotichealers.com.